Welcome, beautiful people. Welcome back to your Guide to Love podcast. This podcast is all about holistic health, sacred sexuality, and spirituality. I have Marae Simone here, and she's a tantric sex coach. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Yes, I'm so excited to interview you. Mm. So tell everybody a little bit about what you're doing. I'm helping people love better and make love better and not feel so much anxiety around it because I think that's a really big issue for people when they want to reveal some intimate expressions. There's, you know, there's worry, there's tension, there's anxiety, there's a fear. So I want to help people alleviate that and really tap into their sacred sexual confidence. Okay, and then why do you think there's so much anxiety when it comes to sex? Well, performance anxiety is a really big one for men, but it's also for women, especially when there's this expectation for women to orgasm and, and, and to orgasm with penetration without knowing what it takes for a woman to really reach that level of arousal and excitement and climax. And, and so, you know, a lot of women fake it and that creates anxiety on both sides. Because men don't really know what's going on inside of a woman if she's not being, you know, really honest. And and at the same time, it's really hard to tell a man, well, you know, I didn't really come without him feeling bad or wrong or like he didn't do it right. You know, so those things create anxiety for sure. Yeah, because I also think that's detrimental for the man because that's a lot to put his whole self-worth in his sexual performance. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Especially when sexual energy for a man is is wild and it's meant to be more aggressive and passionate and wild to kind of draw a woman into that space. But that also creates the anxiety and tension for a man of coming too soon, which is probably one of my, you know, my specialties that I've been working with for many, many years. And I think I've really mastered it. Because I get a lot of men who work with me on that particular issue, that they can't control the power of their arousal. And then if they control it in ways that aren't really authentic, like drinking or numbing themselves out, um, or thinking about taxes or baseball scores or whatever the hell they think about, <laughs> you know, because that's what the sex therapists, when I was working in that field, that's what they were told, you know, to teach a man to think about something else. So you can tell when a man is not present with you right when he's thinking about some I mean it's in his eyes or it's not you know there's a lack and and men need to learn how to really relax and open their bodies and feel the connection with a woman which takes some real intimate communication between them um, and a lot of people really haven't learned how to have that conversation without shame and embarrassment and you know feeling guilty that they're not performing right and all that stuff it's, it's a lot of pressure. There's, there's too much pressure on that beautiful expression of love that, that kind of interferes with the, you know, the essence. Mm, yeah. Yes. Yeah, because I want to go into what you just said. Do you think that the conversation has gotten better in terms of, because, you know, think about how many sex coaches there are in the world. Think about, you know, my podcast, all these different podcasts on, they're talking about this. Is the conversation around sexuality? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for having this kind of a podcast so we can have this conversation because there's not only, sh I mean, where's the shame come from? How deep does that go? How many centuries have we been burdened with that kind of you know, ridicule and, and 
you know, lose, losing our power if we give our sex away too much, if we, you know, especially as women, if we express our sexual desire too openly, we're, you know, labeled with a lot of negative terms that don't empower us, like slut and whore and tramp and blah, 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 you know, all that terrible, you know, imposing on a woman's natural sexual power. And and my understanding and my experience is that women are incredibly sexually powerful, but most of them don't know it. They're still struggling to, you know, have their first orgasm or to have a, a vaginal orgasm rather than just the clitoris. And, you know, I'm not putting the clit down. I think it's a great orgasm, but there's so much more to be had. That's just kind of ringing the doorbell. It's just the opening. It's just the start. Mm, yes, yes, definitely. Go into mm. that. How can women be more sexual power, uh, sexually powerful? Mm. I just got to take a deep breath here. That's one of my favorite topics. And I want to just like really wrap my tongue around it. <laughs> I feel women first need to really, really know their bodies, not just the outside. Most women, I think, think an orgasm just begins and ends at the clitoris. And so there's a lot of attention put on clitoral vibrators and now these new sucky toys that are kind of interesting <laughs> i'm fascinated with them because i think clitoral orgasms are an important way to get things opened and and you know engorged and, and excited for more but sometimes especially if it's a really aggressive you know like a lot of friction and speed involved it can numb a person out and then they're or make them feel like Okay, I'm done. No more. I'm, you know, can't be touched. Too sensitive, and so then they never really even consider the possibility of having a vaginal orgasm, which I think, in my experience, it was it required manual stimulation to learn where these parts are inside, and to really track it. Like when I was beginning this journey in tantra, my tantric lover would massage me internally and, and I would be like, where are you touching? What is that? I've never felt that before, you know? And it was like an awakening, a discovery that if I wasn't with a conscious lover who was really taking his time and not just, you know, getting his, getting his jollies and, you know, but really taking his time to feel my sensations and pleasures and, you know, getting me to gush. I like that term as opposed to squirting because it doesn't always squirt. Oftentimes that female ejaculation, comes up kind of like a bubbling hot spring. <laughs> There's this warm wetness that just spews out. It's more like a gushing sensation. And for me, that increases the arousal factor 10 times. I'm much more orgasmic after I've had that kind of release of fluid. And I think a lot of women don't know how to let go to that degree. But you know, they're afraid that it's going to be you know, a mess. A lot of women think that it's urine when it's not. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just a matter of putting a, <laughs> I'm kind of specializing in developing these products right now, but something like a, a towel with a water barrier of some kind underneath it so that you don't have to worry about making the bed wet, you know, and, and that held, holds a lot of women back from really, really letting go. They don't know that, you know, there's so much pleasure behind that release. And on the other side of it, the next orgasm can be even more intense and you know, cervical orgasms are like the the best. But I, I don't think a lot of women really reach that point because if a man isn't sensitive 
you know, or whatever the penetration tool is, whether it's a an object or a lingam, man's cock, if you want to use that colloquial term. Um, if he's not sensitive, he's going to cause more, I won't say harm, but contraction. When a woman doesn't really feel open and, you know, like when, when she lets go of that fluid, everything opens. But if she's holding that back, even if it's subconscious, it prevents a myriad of sensations and pleasures to take place because there's contraction, there's restriction, there's, you know, tension inside. And then when a man is doing this, kind of pounding with his thrusting patterns, it causes, I think, a lot of women, myself for sure, for many, many years, to like hold back and contract. And then that tension can create pain. You know, there's like this, you know, kind of a resistance battle that's going on. And inside of a woman, rather than pleasure, it just doesn't feel good. And she hopes that it's going to be over soon, which I think another reason why women fake it. It's like, please stop. I'm done. I can't take anymore. And they don't, they, you know, we don't realize that that very thing that's causing pain can also cause immense pleasure when it's met with more fluidity, more connection, more consciousness, and, and more rhythmic flow so that it's not just a pounding. Like when men jack off, you know, they, they just do it really fast and hard and they think that's what women like too. And for the most part, no. Unless we're at a nine ready to climax and then that intensity is wonderful. You know, when we're wide open and fluffy and goose, you know, just juicy and everything. But there are many stages that are needed before that. And I, I want to help people find that. Mm, I love this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> good, me too. Okay, so don't you also think, because I was like, whoa, this is good. Okay, I love everything you're saying, but don't you also think that a lot of it is the fact that we just live such in a fast-paced society that it's like, the you know, the caffeine, the go, 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 go. And then by the time they get to the, the sex part, it's just... Initially, I would say that's true. Um, but once a woman really opens her body and she knows herself and she knows what angles and what spots and what positions and, you know, the things that get her off, you know, a quickie doesn't have to be, um, you know, a short experience that doesn't have much impact. It can be one that's like extraordinarily pleasurable, even if it's only 10 minutes. You know, it can, you know, if she's in the right position and she's juicy and turned on, you know, we don't need a lot of time. But I think it's important, you know, you've brought up an important thing. I think we need to have, you know, some kind of vacation or staycation or, you know, something where once in a while we have like a day of love and feast of pleasure and, you know, like I call it a gourmet feast of sexual pleasure. And, you know, and we, we make food secondary. It's not the main thing, but we have, you know, little snackies at the side and beverages and things. But rather than whining and dining, like people often think that's the ideal romantic kind of date. This is more about, you know, learning to experience every nuance of one another. And that in itself is a feast. And if you're really overfed or overwind, <laughs> it's hard to get that, you know, our, we become kind of dull. Our senses, you know, and our digestion takes up a lot of energy and blood flow. So I, I think sex before dinner is better than after a long whining, dining, 
and dessert, you know, which probably other people are going to do on Valentine's Day or, you know, whenever they want to celebrate their love, they think of it, you know, as something that you eat a lot, which is, is not ideal. <laughs> mm. Okay. So what are some tantric tips you can give people since February is love month, Valentine's mm-hmm. Day is coming up? Tips. I have four tips I call the four foundations or, you know for women I consider it the four pillars for profound pleasure and they're kind of the same tips only one is geared towards men learning how to sustain and climb well come without going is one of the phrases I like to use because a man can have an orgasm without ejaculating and if he can learn how to separate the two and really feel all the pleasurable sensations without charging ahead to try to peak and climax and let it all go, then he can have multiple orgasms and he can also meet his partner's multiple orgasms. But the first thing that's required is the desire to do that because I think if a man isn't really considerate enough to take his partner into consideration, you know, he's just going to be running like a wild horse, you know, without much attention, uh, attention to her. So I think, you know, the agreement that, hey, I'm going to really try to sustain this as long as I can. And and sometimes maybe he needs to get a woman's agreement and participation with that to like really want to explore the depths of pleasure together. And so conversations are needed, you know, so that he knows where those pleasure spots are when one of them is met. You know, I say one of them, there's there's mutual, you know, the G spot, for example, is one. And the cervix is another major internal pleasure zone. And there's a few others, you know, I think they call it the A spot, which is in front of the cervix. And there's a bunch of others. I can't remember them all. (laughs) But, you know, those are the main ones I think are really important to know. And then how to synchronize your energy. You know, this is true for both men and women. If you can breathe together, you can fully please and feel each other's pleasure by being in sync with each other. And it seems really simple, but when a man and a woman are in sync with their breath, they're in the moment. You can't be any place else when you're focusing on your breath and being present. It's like a meditation on pleasure. And when you feel that, that's very tantric to be able to uh, just go into it and sometimes pause in, in, in the way of kind of relishing or you know just to deepening that sensation of pleasure and sometimes the pause is where the waves really start to emerge from within a woman you know is in that stillness because in stillness there's deep relaxation or the potential for deep relaxation and I think for women we need that we need to be really really relaxed and in that place we can open and when we open then the cervix becomes accessible rather than contracted because he's pounding too hard and we don't want to get hurt So that's really an important key. So there's four of them. That's the next second one is, you know, the intention, the way you breathe, how you express the sounds of pleasure is also really, really major. Expressing sound, expressing, you know, like that feels really good in the moment, not later on, but in the moment. Yes, right there, right there, right there, you know, to really be expressive so that a partner knows okay right there that's good and then and then they make a mental note of it hopefully so that they can remember that spot and return to it you know whether it's manual or with his lingam 
that he can you know provide more pleasure by noticing what she's feeling and and following and tracking her <sighs> and also how you move like i tend you know women men too we tend to tense up when we're close to a climax that's kind of instinctual it's like we're building we're building we're building there's that quickening but if we can take a moment to pause and not reach the climax on that first build up but kind of let let it build and relax and then let it build again and relax and let it build a third time each time the pleasure is going to be stronger the sensations especially if you if you stay present and focused um and synchronize your movements so that you're both moving in the same patterns um, i think it's really important for women to be on top sometimes so that she can guide a man to where she wants that sen sensation and she can kind of start the rhythm um, so that she's in a place that she feels good and likes because when a woman is really turned on her vagina has a lot of <laughs> conversation it palpates it pulses it you know it does all these things it engorges it gets fluffy i like that term you know engorged and fluffy inside and for a man that feels really really good um and so a lot of movement isn't required you know we don't need to pound and you know do that aggressive kind of activity so the movement especially if you're in sync and and sometimes for a man if he's like close to a climax maybe on the scale of one to ten if he's at about a seven you know and you know that he's going to come pretty soon a few more strokes and it's over if he can pause at that moment and just breathe in the richness of that feeling <sighs> you know no goal toward the climax at this moment just feel the moment that's you know building and then consciously spread that sensation throughout his body with his breath and with his sound and with his intention and even sometimes by putting the tongue to the roof of the mouth when the climax is close that will help bring the attention and the focus up towards the brain and the throat and the crown and the third eye and and then energies start to really open up into a beautiful form that's cosmic you know that that makes us feel like we're you know that we're infinite that we're eternal that we're i know those might sound like too superlative but you know the kinds of feelings that come about from that generate more than just physical they're they're spiritual they're emotional those are the kinds of feelings that make me cry sometimes because it's just so gorgeous that feeling comes alive and you know if we're in a hurry we miss all that so i call that the four foundations in fact if listeners are interested you know i'm happy to send them a pdf of of those techniques so that they can follow it with me okay sounds great i can put that in the show notes that sounds fabulous. And then also mm -hmm. for what are some solo, you know, for people that are single, mm. some solo tips for them. <laughs> so okay. They're not jealous on Valentine's Day. <laughs> okay, right. Well, we need to give ourselves love, whether or not we have a partner. We need to know our bodies and nourish our bodies. Because before I really did that and I was in relationship, I was always feeling unfulfilled because I didn't really know how to love myself. And I made him the responsible party. And when he didn't you know, last as long as I wanted, that was, you know, that was fighting material. It just turned into, you know, aggression and, instead of, you know, a beautiful memory. 
So I think that women really need to not just stimulate their clit, but also to know what's going on inside, whether it's manual, like giving ourselves a G-spot massage. We can also, with certain positions, reach the cervix manually. Um, and, you know, a variety of instruments that can be beneficial. Um, I'm exploring all kinds of toys. I really like the, the clitoral suckers. There's one that I just got today. <laughs> it's got really soft lips. It's just, oh, it feels really nice when you press it against your, your vulva, particularly on the clit. Um, and that kind of gets things opened up. I'm still feeling the glow from that one. You know, it, it can last for a long time if you really have a good orgasm. But vaginal stimulation, I think, is really important, too. Whatever you like to use. I mean, get a cucumber if you don't have a dildo. I, I don't particularly like the plastic ones. I tend to go more for the gemstones like crystal, um, you know, rose quartz, um, amethyst. You know, I have carved lingams that, you know, really warm up nicely when they're inside or even before they're inside, just kind of placing them on a warm part of the body or even on a, a warm heater, you know, that sits next to the bed, one of those heating mats. But to know yourself, to feel where the G-spot is, to, to palpate it in a way that allows it to get engorged and fluffy and to feel the interior of the vagina. Because when a woman knows their vagina inside and out, particularly the inside, there's this ridge where the G-spot kind of ends, if you will. It's like a little bit of a ridge. And then beyond that is another fluffy region that in that ridge between those two fluffy regions, there's like almost like a, a little gap that I don't know if it's always there. I think it's mostly when a woman is engorged because I don't always feel it. But when I do and I show my partner, this is the spot right here. That's what gets me to ejaculate. And once I release those fluids, again, I feel so much more available. And then very light touch can be incredibly pleasurable. It doesn't require a lot of friction and a lot of intensity all the time. So I think women need to know that and then show their partner. And, and I think that that's a tricky thing to show your partner um, without him getting offended or feeling you know, like there's something wrong with him. <clears throat> excuse me, or feeling like he's not doing it right and then his ego gets in the way and then he feels, you know, all this shame or, you know, embarrassment and, and or, you know, that, that anxiety comes up. You know, I didn't do her right. She didn't come. What's wrong with me? Why can't I? You know, so I think a woman really needs to know herself well enough that she can say, hey, over here, right there. And now just, you know, sometimes when you're on that right spot, it just takes a little wiggle or a little side-to-side -side stroke. Um, you know, it's not about pounding or going in and out. It's just like find that sweet spot and just tickle it, <laughs> you know. And or it could be kind of like a flowing, slow, rhythmic movement, following her movement. One of the things I like to do when I'm teaching a man <clears throat> is to um, say, I'm going to touch you in a way that I'm going to, indicate the kind of movements I like by touching just your back or wherever I can reach, sometimes as lingam, but usually someplace that's not going to get him too stirred up. And then if I want it faster, I'll kind of, you know, tap a rhythm on his back that gets a little bit more active. Or if I want it slower, I might just really, you know, use my whole body as well as my touch to show him how to slow it down. And then, you know, I think eye contact 
doesn't have to be eye gazing all the time, but just really giving good, deep eye contact <clears throat> creates an awesome connection, especially when a woman is really aroused or, or man. When you have eye contact with your partner, it amplifies it. It's like, oh my God, you're seeing me in this place of wide open vulnerability. That's incredible. You know, and that can really amplify pleasure immensely. You know, orgasm is a mysterious thing. <laughs> it's, you know, especially for women and not so much for men. You know, they easily you know, get their nut usually without too much effort until they get older. And I think here's the thing that I'm working with now because I'm, I'm older. I'm working with a lot of older men. One of my clients is 90 and he's wow. learning. God bless him. <laughs> you know, his wife actually sent him to me. And we've been working together for a while and then we stopped and he got married and she's like, you know, work with him some more. So, you know, I'm helping him to relax and learn. And it's something, some things he never learned in his entire life. He's discovering, especially eye contact. When he opens his eyes while he's feeling me or vice versa, while I'm feeling him, it's like, I don't know. There's so much energy in the eyes. Almost like he wants to hide, you know, his instinct is to close his eyes. I think, you know, that's kind of how we were all taught to kiss, close your eyes and kiss. But if you open your eyes and kiss, it's like, oh, wow, I see you feeling me. It's so emotional. It's so deep. You know, eyes can speak. Eyes can smile. Eyes can say so many things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I want to go back to what you just said about the fact that, like, I think that's amazing that that couple still has incredible sex life at that age. That's amazing. God bless him. I know. Well, you know, she's a lot younger, but nonetheless, he's still, you know, he's, I've worked with men who, you know, have a difficult time getting hard or staying hard, you know, enough for penetration. And we're working with that. You know, we're using cock rings because that helps. Um, you know, there's a variety of other things that we're researching, the pee shot or, you know, other kinds of injective touch. But more than that, I think is really the connection. Because when I can feel a man feeling me and feeling my desire, that creates something that nothing else can duplicate. You know, it's an authentic, emotional kind of magnet, it's, it's truly a magnet. It pulls a man in. And when he feels he's desired and he's being pulled in or even before he's penetrating, I never knew this before. And for a long time, I think it was before I was healed because I had some sexual violations and abuse and things in my teens. You know, it wasn't consistent, but, you know, a couple of times I was raped, different occasions, but it caused me to really shut down and to have this lingering unexplained illogical fear whenever I was having sex with a man and and so sometimes sometimes I just didn't want to have him inside me or I kept waiting like am I ready I don't think I'm ready yet and I would never be the one to say yes I want you until I was you know and, and that was an authentic feeling but when I got to the place where I would even have the courage to try it out and say well I think I'm ready. <laughs> Not sure, but let's let's give it a go. <clears throat> that would create a level of intimacy. And even if I wasn't really ready, you know, sometimes we have a little lubricant or I would I would massage and stimulate myself to get to a place where I felt like I was ready. 
And then all it takes is finding one of those beautiful places where you can connect and maybe going a little bit slow so that that place can really fluff up and get engorged. Because if you, you know, like natural penetration with the thrusting kind of bypasses the G-spot every time. It just, unless a man has a really nice curved lingam, <laughs> those are really, I think, good karma. I don't know how a man gets that, but <laughs> 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 it really works. So if, you know, unless a man has that or the right angle, like if the right angle takes place where that G-spot gets the kind of stimulation it wants, that, that really works. Um, but otherwise, it requires slow, more circular movements, like kind of spirals. You know, even when a man enters a woman, first with his hands, I think it should go so, so slow that he, a woman can feel every fraction of an inch of his penetration and, and enjoy it. And if there's ever a point where there's like a little tension or an owie or a burn or any of those sensations, which are there, sometimes it's muscle memory, tissue memory from previous whatever, Soft penetration. So it doesn't require a hard-on at that time. In fact, a hard-on is not what you want. That's why manual stimulation is so important because you can put love there and, and let that place soften. I, I went through a whole period of time with one partner who was really willing to work with me on letting go of all these traumas in my body. And I noticed that when I would feel a sense of owie or a contraction, if I didn't say anything about it, it just got worse and worse and more and more intense. And eventually I just didn't want to have sex with him. But once we got to the place where I could say to him, there's a little bit of a tenderness there. Could you just hold and be still for a minute? As he would hold, I would feel this subtle sensation of something opening up and the pain would just go. It would just go. You know, and if I didn't say something about it, it would be screaming, be like, wait a minute, what about me? <laughs> you know, give me attention. And it was, you know, sometimes I would process it and feel, you know, the emotion. I don't know, one story that kind of exemplifies this, and it's not about men, it's just about energy. I was at a women's workshop, and the women were all talking about their sexual experiences and their desires and what works for them. And, and, and I, finally opened up and felt safe enough to say, you know, sometimes when I'm about to have an orgasm, something inside of me just freezes up and I feel terror and I feel like I'm, feel like I'm going to die. I'm just so afraid. In that moment, I just shut down completely. And when I said that, I was so, so in the feeling that the emotion just came right to my whole being. And I started tensing up and my coach, the guide in the group, Invite in, in, um, I'm getting a little tongue tied in this moment because I'm feeling it so much. She encouraged me to breathe deep and to drop into the feeling, which I'd never done or even thought of doing before. So, in that moment, I allowed myself to just drop in and feel and relax and allow emotions and energies. And pretty soon, I started feeling this tingling and trembling throughout my whole body. And it was almost like the whole all the years of not being able to orgasm because prior to that, I was really unable to climax with a partner inside me except one time when I was raped. And that created this emotional trauma inside me that would not let me let go back to that place. And I kind of needed to revisit that place with love, with pleasure, with consciousness, with intention. And so, but in this group, there was, it wasn't even a physical touch. It was just the emotion came out. I felt safe enough to say it. 
all the women around me were just like holding space in the most loving, tender, motherly kind of way. And I just broke down in tears and I just felt this intense emotion of all the traumas, just like, and all the orgasms and everything just coming out of my body. And I was so buzzing that eventually I had to leave the room because it was just too intense. And so I took off my clothes. I went out, we were in Hawaii with this beautiful waterfalls. And so I took off my clothes and I jumped in the water and I just let mother wash me, cried in the water <laughs> and just like that, this whole feeling completely released. And then I <clears throat> intuitively, I just felt I want to lie down on mother earth. So naked and wet dripping from all this emotion, I just laid face down and kind of held the earth. <clears throat> and was thankful that I started to feel that I could actually start to, to feel love and pleasure and allowance in my body. So wow. I kind of went off there, but <laughs> no, no, that is a powerful experience. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, so after that we had uh, the men and the women came back together in the workshop and, and, you know, men were there. And then after that, my partner and I had a three hour orgasm. It was literally, one of those things that would just never stop. And it wasn't like a peak, ah, kind of orgasm. It was more like, oh, that feels so good. Oh, that feels so good. Kind of like more like that. Yeah, more <laughs> deep, relaxed, open. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and I think when it's like that, you can really like, you know, it's, it's like enjoying a gourmet feast. You don't want to eat it fast. You want to chew slowly and enjoy every bite. So three hours can go by easily. <laughs> mm, yes. No, I, I agree. <laughs> well, I think that that's what I've been realizing recently. It's, it's like we want to savor and squeeze the juice of life. I don't want to look back yeah. one day and hit it, whatever, my late 90s or however long I live. <laughs> and I'm like, where did, where did it go? You know, right. instead of, oh, I'm just savoring every moment. Mm, exactly. Every minute savoring and even the the tender moments or even when he loses his erection and he starts to feel vulnerable you know those are sweet moments when you can emotionally bond rather than making him feel wrong because when a man feels vulnerable and tender is a rare thing and it can be applied in a beautiful way to increase intimacy you know like hey let's do this together i'm working with you let's try these you know cock rings you know, that, that gives a man a feeling of like, well, okay, it's not all up to me. She's helping me. We're working this out together. Yeah. Cause what is it going back to what you were saying earlier? What is the big issue in terms of men having that problem? Is that in mm -hmm. terms of the overstimulation? Is that, I mean, there's so many different. Yeah. <laughs> Was that a question? Where oh, you yeah. Yeah. Well, my question is, is like, what is the main cause of that that you see? For man losing his erection? Yes. Okay, there's different reasons. Um, some can be physical and some can be psychological. So all that needs to be taken into account. First, find out what his testosterone levels are. Um, you know, how much is that blood flow? You know, if a man is overweight or if he has a lot of... Um, blocks in his uh the veins and the you know flow the blood flow that goes to his member that oftentimes if, if he's overweight that can prevent erections from occurring um or maintaining um 
I think, you know, so those are some of the physical ones. If a man wakes up with an erection, that's a good indicator that, you know, the physical um, issues aren't a concern. However, if he wakes up with an erection and it dies really quickly or, you know, goes back down, then, you know, then there's a problem most likely in the physical realm or psychological. Probably it could be a combination of both. But the psychological ones, I think, maybe even cause the physical ones over time, right? Because our, our mind controls and affects our physical health in many, many ways, more than we even know. Um, so creating a safe space for a man is really, really important for that psychological factor to be met and to be held. And so a man maybe needs to open up and sometimes be vulnerable. So a woman can be vulnerable. And then we can, you know, have a meeting of not just our bodies, but our hearts and our minds and our souls, you know, the whole being. Um, so first of all, you know, because I work with men a lot, and this is one of the great issues that I help them with is getting and maintaining and learning how to use that erection wisely. You know, um, I think sometimes, especially when that anxiety is there, and then finally an erection happens, Sometimes a woman isn't ready, especially if the aggression, you know, if it's about a lot of friction to get him hard. But when it's about emotional intimacy and love and poetry and, you know, beautiful expressions and words of adoration in both directions, the kind of erection and arousal that occurs from that is not like, oh, here it is. Let's do it now before it's gone. You know, Because <laughs> I've had men, you know, say to me, OK, I'm hard now. You're not going to waste this, are you? And I would feel guilty, like, okay, I guess I have to, um, you know, because if I don't, he's going to lose it and then it's not going to happen. You know, that, that whole mess mm. of entanglement can really be an obstacle. So I think ma manual and, and mutual massage is really good. I always love to have some kind of massage before intimate connection, if it's possible, if we have enough time. And, you know, if not, then, you know, I think once you know a person's body and vice versa, the, the foreplay doesn't have to be so long and so consistently the same, you know, because that can get a little bit mundane after a while, you know, Especially, you know, I've had men say to me, okay, are you ready yet? Are you wet yet? I'm ready. Are you, you know, and it just makes a woman feel kind of pressured into something that should feel like love and adoration and, and wonderful. Yeah. So I think men also need to learn how to use cock rings if that's important for them so that they're not relying always on a woman or condoms if that's what's needed, you know, in that kind of early relationship. Um, that he, he learns ahead of time how to use it. So he's not fumbling. He can do it with finesse and you know, without it being, you know, something that takes away the spontaneity. You know what I mean? Little things like that are important. Um, something else that I think is really valuable this may be a turn off to some people, but I think anal stimulation is important for, for both men and women, but especially for men, because it helps a man to know and feel the opposite side of, of the sexual encounter. What does it feel like to be penetrated? And how delicate is that? And how precious is it to go slow as opposed to forcefully? 
um, I like to use manual stimulation. Sometimes just putting a condom or gloves on my fingers so that, you know, it, it doesn't create a barrier. You know, you just remove it and you carry on. But it's like a man becomes his feminine. You know, we all have masculine and feminine in us. And when a, a man can allow his feminine to come up, sometimes it doesn't mean he's gay. You know, it doesn't mean he's queer or anything that he isn't. It just means that there's another erogenous zone that needs to be discovered and recognized. And it helps a man, like I said, to feel like a woman feels in that penetration, especially in the early stages of penetration, you know, discovering, are you ready? And what will it take to be ready? Um, and, you know, to enjoy the nuances of it, because just stimulating the outside of the anal sphincter, just around the, the tissue is really pleasurable. And the same is true for a woman, just stimulating around the outside before you just plunge right in. And, you know, that first half an inch is just a, a wonderful, pleasurable place that I like kind of a, like the corkscrew effect. You know, you just kind of take your time and go slowly in a spiral, you know, just then you feel all the walls, whether it's manual. It's really wonderful with a manual stroke when you're doing this kind of spiral movement. It opens the vagina or it opens the anal sphincters so that more sensation can occur. And it allows, you know, there's there's a lot of sensation on the G-spot, but even the opposite side of the G-spot on the bottom, uh, you know, the back end of the vagina is also harbors some pleasurable sensations and places and it also harbors some memories of trauma which should also be addressed and released if there is any yeah there's there's a lot to learn it's you know it's not just something that should be all spontaneous and and no education i think that's a a major problem that can you know create a lot of blocks and barriers because you know, I think men really want to be spontaneous. At least that's how their cock is. You know, it gets hard. It's a spontaneous feeling. So they want to do something with it right then and there. Um, yeah. I've devised this really fun position <laughs> that has, you know, because I, I work with a lot of men who have back problems. My current lover has, you know, some issues with his back sometimes. So I've created a position where you can either use if you have, you know, pillows against the wall or bed headboard of a bed, that works. Um, or a back jack if you don't have that kind of a back support. And then a pile, like literally a pile, a mountain of pillows. Whether he's right, you know, if he's right-handed, then the mountain of pillows is right next to him on the left side. So that a woman can literally sit in his lap with his legs spread and lean back on these pillows or not, depending on what kind of position she wants. And she has, he has total access with both of his hands. So he doesn't have to lean on one arm and only use one hand. He's got both hands and, and she's got both hands and, and both people's spines are fluid and erect and there's not too much pressure. You know, sometimes positions can be pressure on one person or the other, which can eventually become you know, too much. So this position, if you can imagine it, I'm going to design a pillow that provides this kind of position for people because I think that it's really, really important to create positions and set it up ahead of time where both people are comfortable. 
So I'm calling it the Queen's Throne. <laughs> it's a place hmm. where a woman can feel like the Queen. You know, here is your throne, my dear. Come lie down and allow me to play with you and pleasure you. And and you know, it just feels so nice to have all of that support and pillows. Yeah. I mean, for me, it takes about six, maybe eight pillows to get that kind of an effect. So it's, you know, you gotta, you know, make a little investment here, but it's it's worth it. Mm, yes. No, I love that. <laughs> And then I would also like to ask you, like, what are your thoughts? Because we've had conflicting views on the podcast from different people about scheduling it or not, like in terms of scheduling sexual experiences. It's so funny you say that. I was talking to one of my clients last night and he's like, I guess I'm going to have to schedule this because and I really don't want to schedule it because I want it to be spontaneous. <laughs> like, you know, you schedule everything else in your life. Why not this and make it something you look forward to? Because when you schedule it as like it, it can be really sexy anticipation, you know, that desire and and then not just to schedule it, but to like you know, the day before that schedule, say, hey, I'm really looking forward to tomorrow and send each other a note or put a little note on the refrigerator or whatever, you know, just to start that conversation. The foreplay begins, one person said it begins, you know, at the end of the last orgasm, maybe. <laughs> but I think, you know, you can build it up. If it was a really good orgasm, then it probably lasts till the next one. But you want to create that desire with anticipation and you know, then scheduling it becomes something that you not only look forward to, but, you know, you prepare for it. You know, you maybe put extra special attention in the room that day, you know, and so the woman walks in and there's flowers and there's maybe even a balloon that says, I love you. And there's, you know, maybe the bathtub is filled with rose petals, you know, what, something that creates, oh, I'm so loved kind of a feeling, you know, that, that emotion, um, you know, because that's so sexy. <laughs> I think, you know, I mean, I also, I think you need a balance. I'm going to say both are important. Okay. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Cause I, I want to talk about this. Cause I talk a lot with, and I'm sure you do too. People are just so busy nowadays. Mm -hmm. So I do get the aspect of scheduling it, but then come on, who doesn't love spontaneity and being spontaneous? Mm-hmm. Spontaneity is good too. I think if you're going to do spontaneity, even then, you know, you got to engage the mind to, to be a yes. Um, you know, here's where I think, you know, erotic massage comes in because it kind of fills that gap of, you know, not just pounding somebody or jumping on them, you know, but to take your time to like tease and awaken and, draw them out. And again, it doesn't have to take a long time if you're both in the same mindset. I once read it takes a woman of 45 minutes on average to have an orgasm. And that used to be true for me. But it's not anymore. So I think, you know, developing one's own affections for one's own body plays a big part. Um, and then, you know, spontaneity can happen more easily. Yeah, because it's almost like, I guess that varies on the woman because 45 minutes, that could be, oh, well, if we've been flirting with each other all day, the second we have a chance to then, it could be 10 minutes or whatever. But then right. what you're saying, if you've never really built that up, even with the kids, been work, whatever, then when you finally do it, you're like, oh. I'm exhausted. That yeah. Feeling. Yeah. 
Yeah. So you don't want to wait until the end of the day. I think the idea of sleeping together, which also sort of undermined, you know, undermindedly kind of includes the idea of having sex and then going to sleep, which is fine sometimes if you want to release tension and go to sleep. But I think it's more important to awaken together and to explore each other and to say, hey, let's learn you know, I, I learned this new position I want to show you, or I found a new sensation in my body I want to share with you. I remember the first time, I want to tell you a little story that's really fun. Um, I was, I was working with a, a Tantra teacher who wanted to make a Tantra video. And I was one of the, we were a couple at, at that time and chosen as one of the couples to work with. But before um, I was chosen, there was an audition that took place where she wanted me to self-pleasure and have her watch and have the cameraman record this experience. Well, you know, talk about anxiety, <laughs> right? I was very un uncomfortable and nervous, and but I really wanted to be in the video and I thought it would be a really great way for me to, you know, use that as a tool. So I went ahead with it, but I, I think I was really driven by per performance anxiety and trying to put on a show and trying to really, you know, win the audition. So I was going at it really feverishly <laughs> trying to get to a climax, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and trying to blot out the fact that people were watching, <laughs> just doing my thing. And at the time, I was pretty uneducated. I had few tools and a little bit of knowledge and a few types of climaxes that I was aware of. One was being a clitoral orgasm. And I didn't really have much knowledge or awareness of internal stimulation. So I brought myself to something. I don't even remember if it was a climax. But at one point, it was over. <laughs> I was like relieved. But then she said to me, you try too hard. And I thought, really? Try too hard? That's something nobody had ever told me before. She says, no, you have to relax more. And I thought, wow, what would that be like? So that night I went home and I thought to myself, relax. Don't try so hard. Relax. Okay. I'm going to play with myself and see what this feels like if I can just relax. So I approached my body from a whole different point of view. I, I started to pleasure myself and I, I kept telling myself, relax. And I would notice the muscles inside, the tissues inside would soften and relax. And I would say, okay, even more relax. How deep can I relax? And I found that as I was relaxing more and more, that these sweet, subtle sensations would start to arise that completely captivated me. And as I was focusing on those sensations, they grew, they got bigger, they got really, really interesting. And before I knew it, my body was arching with my own hands. My buttocks was off the bed and I was just like, oh, wide open to this feeling. It was as if I was fucking God. I felt like that so deep connection and it wasn't aggressive. It was just melting, feeling open. Wow. So that next night I said to my lover, I want to show you something I learned about my body. <laughs> he said, okay. He was all excited. And I said, so I want you to not touch me, but just watch. And in fact, I think I want you to sit on the floor. Would that be okay? <laughs> While I was on the bed, because I just wanted space. But at the same time, I wanted him to witness this. 
And lo and behold, as I started, the same experience emerged, but it got even better. It was like knowing he was watching me. I just, I became so open and I could tell by his eyes and his expression that he was just amazed. And it created this incredible conversation between us that opened up a whole new level of arousal and excitement and pleasure and discovery that we could both share. And that night when we made love, it was just amazing because I was really open and I really showed him what worked for me. And it was like, I, I felt like I had a new body. <laughs> wow. <laughs> My body completely awakened that night. It was, yeah, I'm really grateful for that experience. Well, that also shows, it just shows the importance of like education in us too. Cause that was yes. a very simple thing that she said to you of, Hey, you just need to relax more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nobody ever told me that. And that was all it took. I was like, okay, what does relaxing feel like? And then I had a man practice that with me where I, I showed him you know, how to relax me as he was penetrating. And so then he would say, okay, relax even more. He went in really slow, like so slow that I could feel every millimeter of his penetration with anticipation. And by the time he fully penetrated me, I was just exploding with pleasure. Like I didn't want it. One of those things where I just never wanted it to end. And when it was over, I was like, can we do it again, please? <laughs> I just, you know, it discovered something new inside me because clitoral stimulation is great, but it's not, enough. It's, it just opens the doors. And, and if you include vaginal stimulation after that, then everything is soft and yielding and wet and fluffy and, and vaginal penetration can be much better after at least one clitoral orgasm. Yeah. And manual orgasm. That's my rules. <laughs> yes, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so where can everybody find you? Because this was such a fun conversation. I'm so grateful for the opportunity. Yes, I'm maresimone.com. That's M-A-R-E, Simone, S-I-M-O-N-E. And... um. Yeah, that's my website. I'm, I'm on all the socials, but I'm not really social media active as much as some people are, but you can find me there, you know, same name, Mari Simone. And I think I have a business page on Facebook that's Mari Simone in Tantra Heaven, just because I, I think Tantra is, is a heavenly state and I, I like that term. So yeah, I, I think Tantra is a big shift in people's ability to take time to make sex sacred again because it has been in the past you know there's the kama sutra you know we have various temples throughout india you know most of them have been destroyed unfortunately but kajuraho is still standing and it depicts you know lovers making love in many, many, many positions and shapes and forms. And, you know, that was a time when sex was really revered. We need to revere it again. Take our time. Have a sexual love feast at least once a month. And, uh, yeah, if you want some guidance, let me know. I'll be happy to share and guide you. Sounds great. I will definitely put your links below. And then what would Thank you want you. your final takeaway to be? Go slow. I can't tell you how many times I've told men, slow down, slower. And okay, so I'm going to add to that and say, 
when a woman wants to guide a man, she needs to find a positive frame, something that puts him in a positive state of mind, even if it's just like, I really love how warm and comfortable you make me feel. And if she wants to correct something, that's the time to give that course correction is after a positive compliment. And usually it'll be something like, I want you to go slower. And then to give feedback on that, that's notable, that's actually something he can recognize as positive or not. So sometimes I'll say, yeah, that feels really good. Oh, that feels so much better. Would you go even slower? What would that feel like? Oh my God, that feels amazing. Wow. What would it feel like if you went even slower? And so we're getting curious together. I'm not demanding. I'm not forcing. I'm not you know, making him wrong. I'm just saying, let's get curious. Let's go slow. And then when it's just at the right tempo, just like hold his hand and, you know, or his cock or whatever is hold his body and just say, oh, that feels so perfect. Let's breathe this in together. Let's just savor the sensation. Yes. I love that. Really powerful takeaway. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yes. So I want everybody to take their time and not be in such a rush. Have fun. Sounds good. Yeah. Yes, definitely. All right. Well, y'all, this has been a powerful conversation. Definitely yeah. DM either of us on Instagram. I would love your feedback and have a great day. Mm, yes. <laughs>